This is a HeadGum Podcast. Thanks for listening to No Joke with Billy and Adam on the HeadGum Podcast Network. This is the show where Billy and I tackle a topic oh so loosely and discuss our previous, present, and future experience with it. Today's topic was the Olympics. We hope you enjoy the No Joke Podcast. Okay, welcome back. This is the No Joke Podcast. I am Billy Scafuri. I'm Adam Lustig. And this is episode number 28. By Ocho. Last week was the SNL episode. Yeah, we did Saturday Night Live. And we got a lot of uh, feedback from the people who made it to the SNL oh, cast. Yes. We did sort of include a lot of our listeners as both featured cast members and regular cast members. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> we we tried to put a disclaimer before the, uh, the bit came live. Yes. And for those who haven't heard that episode yet... Uh, Adam, do you want to explain briefly what we did? Well, sure. In the style of Don Pardo, the famous SNL TV announcer who says Kate McKinnon like this, we shouted out all of some of our more active uh, Twitter interactors. That's right. And we just shouted them out. That's you all. said all, but we didn't not include all. all. <laughs> Definitely not all. And while we heard from those who were included, uh, really saying I was honored, it was yeah. so fun to be at the gym <laughs> and suddenly hear you hear say my, my, Twitter my, handle? my username, yeah. we also heard from those who contribute a lot. And didn't make the squad. Whoopsie. And listen, as we, Adam and I have been in sketch comedy for 12 years. We have a lot of friends. Maybe, Adam, I don't know if you auditioned for SNL, but we have a lot of friends who auditioned and didn't make the squad. That's what happens. But you know what? They're still good, happy people. That's the tough life. They've gotten past it. And I promise. So will you. So will you. I promise you, at Susan Joe, you'll get past it. (laughs) You'll be okay. At Adam's mom, you don't need to be on the theoretical team. You're already on the team. Exactly. I love that we're teaching our listeners harsh show business lessons (laughs) through omitting them from our bits on our podcast that's episodes. good that's, that's the way it's gonna this is real life yeah <laughs> um but that was really fun that was the first time that we didn't play a song we did some sort of like dumb bit that was nice and maybe we'll learn from it and do more dumb bits. yes that are either more inclusive or the same amount of inclusive and then we'll continue to apologize for it speaking of inclusive yeah i was just in jamaica yes you were welcome home at an all-inclusive wedding yeah at an all-inclusive wedding which means that when you wake up people want you to be drinking there's like taps of rum in your hotel room i would imagine there's just like on the wall you know how in fancy <laughs> bars they have bottles that are on the wall and facing downward so you just need to put the cup yep. underneath the bottle and it'll just start peeing into your cup. The most minimal effort imaginable. It's there for you. 24-7. And and it's all free. Mm -hmm. You don't need to be that drunk all (laughs) All the time. time. No one does, really. Because then it just becomes this regular standard where, like, six drinks, you're not drunk. You just had your morning six. Exactly. Then what is life? If you're drunk 24-7, are you ever drunk? Right. Exactly. Um, But but, that was a raucous good time, it sounds like. Yes. Yes. Um, But why I bring it up, outside of the fact that you said inclusive, Inclusive. (laughs) um, was the fact that I found out, and this is my best friend's wedding uh, since I was maybe nine years old. Yeah. That I was going to be the MC, not just in his wedding party. I was going to be the MC at the entire reception. And this was information that you did not have before the wedding. No. <laughs> and that's a big responsibility. That a, that's, you're sort of steering the ship a little bit. You think that you're about to go get a drink, but you're handed a wireless mic. <laughs> Instead. And listen, I love holding microphones. That's great. You're good at it. But I don't know the entire wedding party's last name. So your responsibilities included introducing all of the couples that marched down the aisle. Not introducing. That doesn't happen at a wedding. It does. Oh. In, at least in Long Island, at wedding receptions, it's like a basketball game <laughs> where everyone has like eight like one hour of prosciutto and all these Italian meats. <laughs> Just like a basketball 
get pretty fired up on like Prosecco. And now we're going to run into the dance floor and the MC who wasn't hired, but happens to be Billy now is going to announce them as if it's six, six from North Carolina. It's amazing. Jill Daniels. (laughs) (laughs) And so, and so I'm given this sheet. And the reason again, why I bring it up is because I thought that another bit we could do at some point now that I've been a wedding MC and have announced couples just last weekend. Yeah. Where it's just like, you know, him from the South side football team. And I know her from three minutes ago. when I said, what's your first name again? Welcome, Alex and Tiffany. Tiffany, maybe Brooke. So maybe we will do some sort of wedding reception intro with more usernames. That'd be really nice. Because we left a lot out and they reached out and said they're mad. They wanted to be in the cast. Now, uh, for this wedding, were you also in, were you DJing? No. Yes. Yes. Well, I wasn't behind the tables, but I made the entire playlist and I didn't know that the DJ was going to play it literally in the order in which I played it. But I am such a, I've DJed for so long and you get so OCD with it that I put it in an order that I thought would play out perfectly. You just sort of like. So it was really, the evening was largely curated by, by Bill. you billy <laughs> yeah half i had premeditated to in- and explained beforehand and that you had predicted and right. then half absolutely not it was my job <laughs> to introduce the couple's first dance yeah dances with their parents it was my you, job your shoulders billy. bill bill you, billy billy <laughs> billy <laughs> you billy from headgum guys tony <laughs> has loved his daughter for a long time i don't know if that's his name yeah um oh, and then it was my job and this is like Nobody, nobody grows up and says, I want to be a wedding MC. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like maybe when you're 14 or 15, you're going to sweet 16s. They seem like they're kind of cool. Yep. Cause they're like 22 and have a car. Right. But they were hoping to grow out of that and become, I don't know, Aladdin. For instance. <laughs> they're dressed an, like him already. Oh my God. <laughs> or an AM radio DJ. Yes. Or something amazing. Something. Something amazing. Okay. So, so I am the MC and it is also my job when clearly no one wants to dance right now. <laughs> To get him up. Billy? To get him up and be like, we're here for the fun. <laughs> Come on, y'all. We're here for the fun. Come on, y'all. We're here for the fun. <laughs> and you are? <laughs> oh, Billy. Oh, my God, dude. So it was, but, you know, I'm saying all this with so much love because it actually turned into. To be. Because it's like, it's like when people get married now, or at least with our friends um, who have like a variety of religious beliefs or whatever, right. they still need an officiant to oversee yeah. the ceremony. Yeah. And we have such thoughtful friends and poetic friends that they can really step into that role and contribute what they're capable of doing. That's true. So this is one of those things. And it makes the whole experience that much more lovely. So this was kind of the experience where it's like, listen, Billy's a pretty upbeat guy. You know, give him a microphone. He can unlock enough of these people here to make this into a good night. And it made it that much more inclusive. Like it made it that much more fun because I already knew the majority of these people Seriously, that I could kind of give them that much more of what they probably wanted out of it. Even the phrasing of that, the way that you say like unlocking people, it's such like that. I feel like that is the act of a good MC or like a good sort of like party coordinator. Just, Just like unlocking everyone, making sure they're all having the appropriate fun. Understand who they are and yeah. what gets them hyped. Yes. And give it to them. Yes. Get Not hyped. unlike the No Joke Podcast. The No Joke Podcast. I just want, b- before we transition, how many playlists or what playlist do you think you've made in your life? If you had to guess. Playlist? Yeah. I mean, like, playlist slash mix CDs. Just oh, because yeah, you've done yo, it for so long. Yeah. Every single Harvard Sailing Team show, every single party that's ever happened in our friend group, you've made the playlist for. I think we've talked about this once before, but I went through my old cassettes. So I bought uh, my first two turntables when I was uh, maybe like 15, wow. 16. Technique 1200s, like the ones you want. Yep. 
And I didn't know how to record my sets. And my sets were, of course, my DJ sets, yeah. where I'm playing long extended sets to my dog next to my bed. Yes, yes. <laughs> like spinning like really like dense, like digging in the crates hip hop yeah. in Rockville Center, Long Island. And Bailey the dog is loving it. Right, right near the church. Two paws up. Um, and I didn't right know how to record church. them. And I finally figured out how to record them on cassettes. My Great. mixes would be on cassettes. So I was making mixtapes like with turntables yes, and like in the mind of a DJ since probably like 16. But we've said it once before, and it's probably worth mentioning. I found a tape recently, and I was like, oh, my God, it's one of my old sets. I bet it's so bad. Yes. But written on top, it was DJ XTC's Summer Mix. DJ XTC. XTC. Oh, my God. That's what you were calling yourself? Or that was I knew. No, that was me. Oh, baby. That was me in my bedroom. Oh, baby. No one needed to know. DJ XTC. When Billy went downstairs to dinner, he was either Billy or William. (laughs) But when the the headphones went on, yo, XTC was lit, (laughs) y'all. Lit. Lit. <laughs> just getting used to armpit wow, hair. Funny. Yeah. Just getting used to like these new pubescent things that are happening in my life. Yep. DJ Ecstasy was killing 124 oh. Fenway, y'all. Exactly. He's had armpit hair. Billy's just getting armpit hair. DJ Ecstasy's had armpit hair and trims it regularly. So to answer your question, many, 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 many mixtapes. I guess so. Many, many mixtapes. Yes, this is your burden, Billy. I've mentioned it. I'm having good taste, being a fun, extroverted guy. Billy can do it. Sure. Who's going to get this party going? Who's going to unlock our guests? Right. Billy? Frankly, Billy can do it. And you know what? If it was my wedding and we forgot to hire an MC, Adam could do it. Yeah. I'll step in there Adam for you. could do it, yeah. and it would be a blast. Yeah. 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 Um, today, we are not going to talk about blasts or weddings right. or me necessarily. Okay. Uh, we're going to talk about the Olympics. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> that's I not the Olympics. Monday Night Football. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but... <laughs> The Olympics says Yeah, you hear that every four years. That's the Olympics. You hear Monday Night Football every week. Monday. Okay. Both work. Both so good. Both work. Yeah, a theme for a like a sporting, like a TV network sort of like sporting package is they instantly become iconic. Yes. And I mean, we made a whole rap song that was like we bit the NBA on NBC theme but like yeah. those sort of riffs and themes are so good yeah and there's a crossover in between the nba and nbc theme round ball rock mm. composed by one john tesh correct and that very same john tesh was almost maybe he still does but for throughout our entire youth was the male gymnastics commentator for the summer olympics oh that's if you right. recall or maybe i no no gymnastics i think that's, the summer olympics that feels right john tesh and that's a very good segue this is the no joke podcast and this is the first act in the first act we'd like to talk about our first experiences with the subject yeah and gymnastics and ice skating yeah those were like very kind of like delicate sports that i didn't really ever consider for three years yeah. and 11 months of the four-year cycle but for one month I knew who these people were. It's, it's like primaries. It's yeah. like the political primaries. It's like one month out of every four years, you like know these people's names. If you are between the ages of like 31 and 34, you probably had a crush on Dominique Mochiano. Oh my God, she was a babe. I mean, it was it was like, I, I didn't even know what babe meant. Yeah. I just knew that as a little boy, she was like this cute thing that my heart really wanted yeah. to, to go towards. Oh, that's she, so sweet. Right? And was she on the same team? And look, we might go deep. I might go deep into just dropping names 
games. Yeah. And if you're not a fan of sports or if you're not a fan of 1994 sports, I'm sorry. Yes. Dominique Dawes? Dominique Dawes. Uh, that, I, I believe. She was the beautiful, light-skinned African-American girl who was just nasty. Nasty. This, she was also gymnastics, no? Yes. I think course. she was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, gymnastics and ice skating, those, I feel like in the context of the Olympics, those are the sort of marquee. Those seem like the marquee sports. Why do you think that is? They're just people flipping around and it just seems kind of superhuman and things we simply can't do. I think so. I mean, something that I've always loved about the Olympics is that it's like the most elemental base primal sport. It's okay. like running, right. jumping, throwing swimming, this, running, throwing this stick, throwing, throwing heavy this balls. heavy rock. Seriously. Yeah. It's like the it's like you could tell from some of these events, some of these like very primal athletic corporeal body events that like this shit has been going on since the dawn of time. Sure. That's what the Olympics do make me feel connected to like the ancient past, like the ancient Greeks, right. and ancient Egyptians. It's like, yes, running, jumping, swimming, throwing. It's Good. like these are the things that we've been doing since the beginning of Homo sapiens. Right. And that feels nice. So like I feel like gymnastics were you, taps you, into something like that? Did you were you around for like the did you care about the Nancy Kerrigan Tanya Harding Olympics? Because that again, this is like the beginning of me getting into right. this world. Yeah. That was again for sort of Big disclaimer, forgive us. I mean, we may misspeak or misremember some of these Olympic details. Yeah. But I believe that was 94 Lillehammer in Norway. Lillehammer. I believe that was the 1994 Winter Olympics in Lillehammer, Norway. I, I may never have heard of Lillehammer, <laughs> but now I know it forever. Lillehammer. Right. Um, and that was the Kerrigan, Tanya Harding thing. And yeah, I was, I mean, I remember we were, I feel like we all as Americans were right. invested. Granted, we're 11 and 12 years old at the time. And Nancy Kerrigan was supposed to get the gold, right? They're both from America. And Nancy Kerrigan was the presumed greatest or best or she, she was up there she was the greatest and again forgive my sort of like wide brush stroking here but i believe she was like the princess yes she was upper class yes. she had like had all the sort of advantages of like wealthy parents that had her in ice skating school since she was a toddler and she was like the, the golden child meanwhile in the dungeon they kept tanya harding tanya was like a redneck trailer trash like smoking drinking this was the persona right so it was this like sort of like have versus have not vibe but she it. could skate she and, could skate. And she was American, too. And she, they both made it to the Olympics. Yes. And Nancy was, like, thin and, like, lithe and uh, graceful and elegant. And Tani was, like, short and stocky and, <laughs> yes. had, like, strong legs and could punch. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, like, yes. that was the – they were, like, just totally different styles. Right. Completely. <clears throat> Cut to the big match. Yes. And it's Nancy's turn to get up on the ice. So this is an ice skating rink. Ice skating rink. Right. Well, it was at a practice, I believe. And, again, I could be wrong oh, about it this. Wasn't There's been a whole 30 for 30 about this for sure. Sure. And uh, I believe it was at a practice. And the man whose name I will never forget. It wasn't Jeff Galuli. It was exactly Jeff Galuli. If your name is Galuli, you have a weird life ahead of <laughs> You're you. You're going to commit at least a petty crime, if not a felony. At you least may, a misdemeanor. You may hit a professional figure skater <laughs> with a stick. Yeah, seriously. A stick. Galuli. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so. Jeff Galuli was, uh, again, I may be misspeaking, Tanya Harding's maybe boyfriend, maybe ex-boyfriend, maybe just like in her posse. Man maybe. with stick. Man with stick. Yes. <laughs> her local man with stick. Sure. So I believe it was at a practice. She was skating. Maybe she was coming off the ice. I'm not exactly sure the details, but he clubbed her in the freaking knee. Hit her in the knee. He hit her in the knee like right. it's a mafia attack. Right. Uh, and it was a big deal, and she very famously screamed, why? Right. Why? <laughs> very famously. Fair question. Fair ass question. Why, though? Why did Jeff Galuli just hit me with this stick? Why, Jeff? <laughs> and then she still placed silver, I believe, in that Olympics. Is that and true? when it was Tanya Harding's time to skate, her shoelace came undone. Oh, my God, that's and, right. And I believe she said, my shoelace, <laughs> my shoelace. <laughs> 
That, that can we go back to those Olympics? Seriously, where people are wailing to the heavens about their shoelaces and, and why? And sticks. <laughs> and sticks. Yes. Yeah, that was an amazing uh, – that was like obviously one of the more seminal Olympic moments of our life. Right. Um, and as much as – and maybe we can touch on this later, but as much as gymnastics and figure skating sort of feel like – I feel like another reason that they are elevated to premier sort of marquee status – um, was pr- especially pre-1992 because 92 was the year that pro basketball players were allowed in, oh. pro hockey players were allowed in. If you recall, it was all amateur athletes up until 92, and then that sort of changed stuff. So now they have Jordan and Magic and Bird and Barkley. Yes. These people are going to take the spotlight. That is kind of my favorite part oh, of yeah. the Olympics of all time. Duh. Let's go to a song we did a long time ago. Uh, we're kind of talking about Summer Olympics more than winter right yes. now, I guess skating aside. Right. Let's play a summer song that we wrote a long time ago. It's featuring our friends Chloe Wepper and Clayton Early. It samples the price is right big time and it's called the jam enjoy we'll be right back one two three this is the jam this is the jam this is the jam for you and me to be together Yeah. 
That was The Jam, a song that we had nothing but intense fun writing and performing every single time we did it. That's just a happy song. That was just a happy-go-lucky song. Yeah, that's just a good old-fashioned happy song. In our minds, we were like, we want to make like a summer dance jam. That's what we want to do. And, you know, songs, everyone remembers the chorus. And if you're cool, you can like know all the words to every song. But the the joy is in the bridge. It is, isn't it? Like, that's the sweet spot where we've already heard two, we've heard the hook once or twice. We've heard two verses. Yes. We need a little switch. Yes. For a second. And that's when Chloe and Clay do the, oh, hey, boy. Exactly. Only want to jam with you, babe. And it's like so. It's the harmony. Nice. They're just so good at it. Yeah. Special shout out to Chloe and Clayton. I mean, just we are pretty lucky to have these like pretty intensely musically gifted, specifically musically gifted friends. Yeah. We really couldn't have made any of that music without our more talented friends. <laughs> and if you want. Any and all of our music, go to snakesmusic.bandcamp.com. Yes. One more time, we've made four albums, mm-hmm. pop music and rap music. Yeah. We are not ashamed. No. Share it with your friends. Please do. Get the word out. Yeah. Let the world know that these two weirdos make this weird music yeah. for Weird Free. They're not just weird podcasters. They're weird rapping podcasters. Snakesmusic.bandcamp.com. Dot com. Yes. Let us know what your favorite songs are. Please do. That's not. A, that's a conversation that we haven't had enough with fans. Yeah. Do you like this music? Do you like us <laughs> as music? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you like us as music? Do you like us as music? We'd like to know. And if you like us as podcasts, yes. please go on to iTunes, rate, review, and subscribe. Please. Let us know what you're thinking. Our Twitter handle, at NoJokePod, and go to NoJokePod at gmail.com and tell us Anything Tell there. us your thoughts. Tell us your favorite Jeff Galuli moment, your least favorite Jeff Galuli moment, whatever that, you have on, on the brain. We want to hear it. If you interact with us, that gives you a better shot of either making <laughs> the next hilarious, unstoppable comedy <laughs> bit that we put in the two Unstoppable. It's funny to describe a comedy bit as unstoppable. It just wouldn't stop. <laughs> yeah, we I, had to do it. We had to. <laughs> so. Um, so we were talking, speaking of the jam, um, you were, so right before we sort of took our break, we were saying that in 92, that was when they started allowing professional athletes into the Olympics, which did change the DNA of it a little bit, especially from a sort of a casual fan's perspective. Yes. Here we are as 10-year-olds. Now Michael Jordan is there. Right. And now I don't care about the swimmers as much. Right. <laughs> so it used to be like college uh, athletes and non-professionals very deliberately amateur that was the whole idea behind the olympics (laughs) and then america as america is prone to do said wait we can just crush them yeah and they they just unlocked the cages and michael jordan and patrick ewing and david robinson and charles barkley and clyde drexler john stockton chris mullen everyone came out and they're like we're gonna dunk on all of you now." yeah and remember they had like they did like the charity just almost as like a as a gesture to what the olympics used to be they like had christian leitner the amateur on the team be like and an amateur (laughs) and one like the best amateur in the country (laughs) right just like (laughs) the greatest player imaginable so so american and that was hilarious and I feel like that dream team really had like all the pre-buzz was like, oh my God, like are these guys going to shut teams out? Yeah. Like there was like the right. realistic expectation, like will they win by 100? Right. Could the, they? the teams that they played against would often forego their layup lines <laughs> and preparation to take pictures with the American team. Yeah. But I mean, when you are literally that great, yeah. what are you going to hide it? No. It, it was novelty. The yes. NBA was still also growing at the time. That's like, true. It wasn't quite as global as it was. So there was something really like so even more intangible about these You're absolutely beings. right about that and it was like that perfect time in the nba's history 92 where jordan had just won championship number two mm. he had just won number two so it was like he was and he had eclipsed magic johnson now exactly. as like it's his league but like just last year like yeah. he had just eclipsed him last year yes and bird was winding down but was still potent yeah and it was like it was a a sort of a snapshot of this 
unmatchable era in right. NBA history where yeah. it's like all of these amazing players were on the same team at once. It's the No Joke Podcast, second act. It's We should be talking about our present lives, 2016 Olympics, and maybe we will. Yeah. But my, I just remember the Olympics so differently yeah. as a kid. I don't know if it was at the 90s marketed them more or something but like we were talking about it before the podcast the dan and dave campaign oh my god which was dan versus dave we think it's reebok could be nike the brand doesn't matter so much pretty sure it was reebok but yeah but it was set up like six months before the olympics yes. where these two americans were the clear favorites for the De- i want to say decathlon decathlon were like triathlon de- some sort of athlon <laughs> Let's just say that it was some sort of athlete. Yeah, they were athlon athletes. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yes. And it was like, it was going to be them gold, silver in yes. the Olympics, but we just didn't know whose nose would cross the finish line first. Dan V. Dave. Well, who? one of them didn't make one it. One of them like, didn't even make the Olympics, I don't think. They made a six-month ad campaign being like, Dan versus Dave. It's so, coming. Like, Dan drinks Pepsi. Like, Dave <laughs> drinks Coke. Like, which one's going to win? We'll find out at the Olympics. Exactly. One of them didn't make it. And, and I just remember thinking as a kid, I was like, I like I don't think I'm like 13 years old. I don't think about ad execs. Yeah, but I can I now understand I can sympathize for these adults out there. Yeah, exactly. You're like commercials can be lies, right? Oh, commercials are lies. Pick, yeah. yeah, you just gotta you gotta yeah. really pick who you're gonna invest in. But that was so great to just be like I just remember even the commentators like and Dave isn't <laughs> going to Lilyhammer, <laughs> and it was like oh, but Reebok said he he was, was for sure. Right? Yeah. No. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. One of the things that is like consistently mind-blowing about the olympics i think the winter olympics too but specifically the summer olympics um are like the opening ceremonies yeah these are like majestic sort of displays of artistry i feel like they get like the greatest artists in the world to collaborate on these like really amazing and ornate opening ceremonies. yeah i remember it's like lighting the torch is usually yeah. the torch gets passed across the country and it's like a variety That's of right. ways i remember in america it was like literally ran through the streets and people were handing it off and my yes. friend tommy's mom actually got to run get out of here sunrise highway stop it. island with the olympic torch and then they give you like a faux olympic torch if you were one of the the holders come on that's really cool yeah that's run, super cool but there was one that they shot a flaming arrow into Whoa, the torch do really? you remember that no way you know like all of hood we we don't here's here's something that the listeners should know we decide what the show is going to be about moments before 30 to 45 seconds before we start so in my mind right now all the olympics of the past mm, 36 years happened in lily <laughs> This has been Lily Hammer. <laughs> Lily Hammer. So I think that's where they shot the flaming arrow as well. Probably. Lily Hammer. Yeah. Um, that's really cool. If you remember the seminal 1996 Atlanta Summer Olympics. Of course. It was very famously lit by Muhammad Ali. That's he right. finished that train of – yes. Right, and that yeah. Olympics, I would say, was known. So like the Dream Team dominated 92. Like that sort of like really sort of swept all the mm-hmm. other events seemed under the rug. Uh, and then the 96 Olympics, if you recall, the superstar of 96, Michael Johnson, sure. ran the 200 and the 400 in his gold Nikes. Gold shoes. That was the illest. And his go- thick gold chain. You know what I thought you were going to say was the star? The pipe bomb. Oh, yeah. That, that happened, too. That's yeah. right. God, that was awful. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That was like, uh, yeah. And, okay, so watch me. Jewel, just... Richard Jewell. That was the guy? Yes, Richard Jewell was the guy oh, that did that. That wasn't the guy who won Survivor? Richard Hatch. You got it. Okay. Hatch v. Jewel. Just confusing my rich. It's the new Dan v. Dave is Hatch v. Jewel. Um, but in 2016, yeah. of course, there's all sorts of like terrorist fears and yes. all that kind of stuff that yes. just comes with any sort of huge congregations of the world. Of the global coming. community, right. right. But it's also mosquitoes. Yeah. Mosquitoes. Yeah. It's 2016, and our greatest athletes, four of the world's top golfers, have pulled out of the Olympics simply because... 
Zika mosquitoes. Yes. Yeah. Th- this Brazil Olympics again. I am only partially informed as to sort of all the complicated global geopolitics that go into this kind of thing. But yeah. I know that in addition to the mosquitoes, right. which is a pandemic in the making, and that is people are rightfully frightened. I think by Zika and sort of all the corresponding viruses from these uh, mosquitoes. Yeah. You have Brazil and Rio, which is notoriously a a intensely corrupt city, uh, governmentally and politically, and so much so that the prime minister of Brazil, I think, was just ousted for being weird. She's gone. The police force in Rio, uh, it's so corrupt, and the way that the police operate there is so backwards uh, that they are, like, not going on strike, but they made a big protest or, like, a big public demonstration recently where they were like, for the Olympics – we are the Rio Police Department, and we're just saying that for all you Olympians coming here, we won't protect you when oh. you're here. We won't do it. Okay. So, like, we're not going to be policing. Good luck. Have fun. So, like, the pass. The, the pieces are in place for what could be a bit of a tumultuous time. Let's hope it's not, obviously. Right. But but it's fascinating. Like, Steph Curry said no. Like, some of our best basketball players like, no. And, you know, you could say it's my knee, but – it seems like people just don't want to be doing this right. Yeah, now. this it, this one's fraught. This Summer Olympics seems a little fraught, right. just given all the sort of like, yes, and obviously, plus terrorism, et cetera, of right. course. As a person who just came back from Jamaica, yeah, oh, right. where Zika, there's been traces of Zika. I mean, the Caribbean is a hotbed. Puerto yeah. Rico's has, uh, you know, but... Every time you, – you spray yourself with all these bug sprays and stuff. Yeah. But every time you get a mosquito bite, you just look down and you're like, well, is that the one? <laughs> is that Zika? Am I the guy who brings Zika back to the island? Seriously. Yeah. So yeah. It, it was pretty intense. Did you – what – did you take any practical precautions other than just like bug spray, et cetera? Bug spray and research. Right. That's really what it came down to. It was yeah. the type of thing where if you had the research and then you started feeling the symptoms, then you could at least kind of address it. Yeah. But from what we learned, it was that it, it doesn't really uh, – it's not like the most intensified fever and it'll kind of go down in two days. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of more if you're in utero or something, right, that's right, where that's it will start it, to. Uh, right. That, but, you know, we talk about mosquitoes and how this is kind of a tumultuous. But then you go back two years ago to Sochi. And yeah. do you remember the stories coming out from the journalist oh, camps? And maybe some of them were hyperbolizing the experience just for whatever sort of clickbait. Yes. But you would hear about these journalists showing up in Sochi with no doors on their hotel yeah. rooms. I think someone uh, said that they walked into their hotel and there was a wolf on their bed. Yeah, there were like stray dogs like everywhere all over the town the whole time, the whole town. Pretty great. Pretty great. Yeah, I mean it's like the Olympics are fascinating as like a geo – as just like a geo-global event. I mean yeah. it brings the entire – world together whether we want to be brought together or not right um at places all over the earth whether we want to go visit sochi or rio this summer or not that's where it's happening right and for the next three weeks we're turning on the tv and we are going to rio whether we want to or not correct it is like yeah it's pretty amazing i love it yeah that's from the like our perspective what i've heard also is that at the olympics yeah so there's olympic village yeah and that's where all the athletes live yes did you know that that's where they all congregate and live yes i did know that and what i also heard is that it's just one massive orgy yeah, man. It's and which to me is good. Yes, which to, is very good to me. That's like a sci-fi novel of like, how do we want to like propagate the human race? Get all of the physically perfect specimens into a village and have them all have sex. Right. <laughs> Once their event is over, like congregate, <laughs> yes, like, congregate and stay together. Please have sexual congress with each other, Dan and or Dave, with some other amazing figure skater, so we can make the greatest super athlete. Look, I'm saying in this example that horses are athletes. Race horses are athletes. <laughs> okay. Okay. We do that with horses. We breed blatantly. Okay. We need the best horse to hump the best horse <laughs> and create the next horse. Exactly. 
let's just keep that. So America and the Olympics said, we're just going to put them all in the same pen yes. and keep them moving. And you can imagine because like all these Olympians are, I mean, what's the age range? And that's the other funny thing. It's like, depending on the event, the age range is probably wildly different. I mean, I don't know how old shot putters are, but I would imagine like maybe our age or right. so. Sean White had to be like 16, 17. That's what I'm saying. Right. And these figure skaters and some of these gymnasts are teens. Right. So they shouldn't be humping anything. No, no, not them. Not no them. No but humping. like a lot of these other people are just like like gorgeous, perfect, like 19-year-old hard bodies. Yeah. Just like gorgeous humans. Agreed. No wonder they want to hump each other. As they should. They should. You did it. You got the bronze. <laughs> you did it. Get, give yourself a hump. <laughs> hump a Swede. Hump a Swede. You got a bronze. Hump a Swede. <laughs> hump a skier. And if you're a Swede, hump an American. But American. <laughs> hump Ohioan. This is, yeah. some, this is some good rock solid advice. This is Olympic analysis. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's funny that we say that, like, I suppose, like, saying that it's potentially going to be a tumultuous Olympics is all historic. It's like historical context because one of my favorite Olympic myth myths, uh, 1936, Summer Olympics, Berlin, Germany, height of the Third Reich, Hitler is like – at the peak of his powers. And Jesse Owens is the African-American track runner for the United States. And, you know, Hitler, racial cleansing, white people, Aryan race. Right. And that was just such an epic. I mean, all the photos and well, first of all, there's another separately. There's an amazing documentary that's called, man, maybe Olympia by this documentarian, Lenny Riefenstahl, who is this woman uh, filmmaker in Germany at the time. Very complicated because she was like an amazing documentarian, such a skilled filmmaker, like really amazing, maybe won an Oscar or two, but was a Nazi. <laughs> oh. And was like a Nazi sympathizer and like made these made propaganda movies for Hitler and the government regime. Mm-hmm. You gotta lead with that. Gotta lead with that. Gotta she lead was an with that. Well, if you're I doing mean, a job interview and you're like, I studied at Cambridge, I did this, I did this, I've done all these extra extra school programs. It says here you had five years as a Nazi. Oh yeah, I'm also a Nazi. <laughs> you gotta lead, you gotta with lead. That. bury the lead there. Okay. Yeah. Um but she made an amazing movie in nineteen thirty six that was a documentary called Olympia, which was like this gorgeous movie about the Olympics happening in Berlin at the time. Okay. But Jesse Owen American freaking hero, black dude, right. crushed the competition in Hitler's house in front of Hitler. And it was like this black American winning all the golds and being a hero. And yeah. Amazing. Good. And it was like, so like that, I, 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 that all of which is to say that perhaps Olympics have been held under more fraught political circumstances Absolutely. than Brazil 2016, perhaps. Right. Yeah. Hell yeah, Jesse Owens. Hell yeah. I apologize for what I'm about to do. Please. Jesse Owens' mother must be so proud of Jesse Owens. Yeah. That we should play the song. Oh, no, it's not. Oh, wait, what's Jesse's girl? Jesse's girl. Jesse's girl. Yeah, yeah. Let's play it. But you know what I was thinking? What? Stacy's mom has got it going on, <laughs> which is, <laughs> which I thought it was Jesse's mom yeah. has got it going on. You got on. your pop culture lines crossed just a little bit, but. Every act is about 12 to 15 you know? minutes. And when we hit the 14 minute mark, it's like, what keyword did Adam just say <laughs> that I could swing into a song? Exactly. So now the choice is yours, Adam. Do you want Stacy's mom has got it going on? Or Jesse's girl. Da, 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 da. I want Stacy's mom because she truly does have it going on. Okay. I would like to hear that track. So let's just shout out Jesse Owens. And yes. let's also shout out Stacy's mom. And all the Stacy's out there. So if your name's Stacy <laughs> and you have a mom, <laughs> this, this is, is accidentally for you. For you. <laughs>
song Stacy's Mom by yeah. the band Fountains of Wayne. She's got it going on. She's got it going all the way on. Yeah. You have to forget, Billy, he's been you've been emceeing, you've been DJing. It's like all these songs are floating around your head. I don't <laughs> feel bad about the mistake yeah. I just made. Exactly. <laughs> that was great fun yeah. to stumble into the fact that Jesse's girl is so close to Stacy's mom. Stacy's mom. It feels the same. Who got sued? Robin Thicke got sued by Marvin Gaye oh, yeah. because their songs are so similar. I think that people actually stacked the two songs over one another and then like down-tempoed one of them to yeah. prove that, that they were the basically the same exact wow. song. I'm not positive if Jesse's girl and Stacy's mom exactly does that. But if you have the time and the audio editing software, and frankly, it's not that complicated software, right, guys. Right. Get some audio Come editing on, software. <laughs> Stack those two songs on top of one another. And can you put that together? If you're out there. Can you mash that up? Can you just, not even a mashup. I just want to hear if there's like points within those two songs that match up to prove that they are actually the same song. Yes. If you just down tempo or up tempo one enough. Yes. We'll have to go back and listen to the two. Yeah. But I feel in my gut like those two songs are cousins. the same. They're cousins. Yeah. Cousins. Yeah. And if, at the very least, I would, in this fictional universe, I like to think that Stacy's mom and Jesse's girl are cousins. Oh. In my it. mind. <laughs> I wonder if that's it. It's just talking about these like very specific women out there. <laughs> exactly. Jesse's mom. 
Okay, forget uh, yeah. it. Um, moving on to something a yeah. little more relevant. The people who listen to this yes. have been listening as always, talking as always. We love that. Sometimes we get questions, sometimes we get comments. Right. So this is just an opportunity to check back in yeah. and uh, see what people are saying. Please. Some dude named JZ101. JZ101. JZ. I wonder if that's JZ. Yeah. Like, like British. This... That's like the British proper way to say Z. Because no one, no one really knows what JZ's last name is. Oh, it's, like it's, what the Z stands for. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So I always thought, assumed it was Zachary. Okay, so Jay-Z, the, the real Jay-Z said to us, love the podcast and wish it was longer. Also, I really like the tempo of y'all's speech. Oh. Well, that's nice about the that's tempo. That's really nice. What because do you, I've been told that I talk superhumanly fast. Yeah. So that's actually, I really appreciate that. Good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you guys appreciate Adam's speed Oy. and me keeping up with it, yes. let him know. Yeah. He spent his entire life hearing slow down. Yes. And we've heard that he doesn't like it. So don't tell him that. I appreciate that, JZ. Um, love the podcast and wish it was longer. Yeah. We're pretty psyched. We That was a conscious decision we made that we see a lot of podcasts that bleed into like the one hour 15, one hour 45. Yeah. No one needs to listen to two people talk that long. It's just we have, yeah, we have a, bre- a brevity. Uh, brevity is one of the pillars of our <laughs> of our life. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, we, but but I appreciate that. That's very, I take that as a, I mean, we take that as a compliment. The right. Fact that you feel like you want to listen to more of us yammer on about Jeff Galuli. Right. Yeah. Because sometimes it feels like you and I are talking about nothing. Yes. And when you think four 45 minutes of nothing. Yeah. But Seinfeld made it work. (laughs) (laughs) He made it work. Um, Okay. Finally listening to the SNL pod. This is from Chappelle uh, Sarah. Great. Finally listening to the pod. Chris Farley is great. Not from SNL, but from the Eagle scene from Almost Heroes. It always cracks me up. Do you remember Almost Heroes? Not really. So this was like the movie at the end. Matthew Perry and oh. him were put in some sort of pirate hats. They're like pine frontiersmen. Yeah. I've seen the poster, never yeah. seen the movie. Kiss of Death, the Perry Kiss of Death. <laughs> Too bad. Shit. So you've seen that movie? Um, no. Maybe. And, and oh. you know, it's like I own one best of SNL character, yeah. and it's Chris Farley. Yeah. Like the, the VHS where it was just like all of his. Yeah. And, you know, Die Hard. You, you know all of his characters, the Matt Foley's. And if you don't see one of them, if you like, it's like, what was wrong with that movie? And you yeah. can tell that was probably the sad, the sad, sad ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, here, see, I'm telling you, we got a lot of salty fans about not making the SNL oh, cast Oh, man, list. let's hear it. Wasn't on the shout out yeah. list, but that's perfectly fine. It is. Going to keep my head down, not be a comedian, <laughs> and just get shit done. <laughs> oh, man. That's almost like a private thought that someone tweeted. I'm with you, at Jake Galley. <laughs> Not oh, yeah. mad. Oh, here's an, another one. The Hannah Lee. Okay, so at least we're shouting these people out because they didn't make the SNL cast. Exactly. Your names are being said right now. Okay. Okay, the Hannah Lee. <laughs> I'm only a little salty sad that I didn't make the SNL cast. Yeah. Period. How do you think uh, How do you think the millions of people who have auditioned for SNL and haven't made it feel? Oh, and a porn bot liked that. <laughs> oh, perfect. A porn bot liked that comment. <laughs> so Okay, good. And that's the internet. And that's checking in with our Twitter <laughs> followers. Oh, and a porn bot liked that. <laughs> that's so funny. Okay. So what do we think about the future? We are here at the third act of the No Joke Podcast. We're right. talking about the future reality, our future experience with the topic. Right. Today's topic being the Olympics. Yeah. You don't see yourself ever uh, being an Olympian in the future, do you? Uh, I don't rule it out. If you if there were any event or any sport that you think that you stood a, a good shot at doing, you thirty four year old William Scafuri, yes, what would what would you do? If there was a sport where you put tin cans on top of stuff and then you gave them me a football to knock them down, I think I'd be really good at knocking down those cans. QB challenge. I love when we go out camping and stuff. I don't need big complex games. If you give me three or four rocks and point to a tree. I could just throw and try and hit stuff like that all day. Okay, see, that is – 
amen, Billy. God bless you. And to me, that is what the Olympics are. Exactly. It's like fan- mildly fancier versions of like, take a rock, hit the tree. That's archery. That's the sport <laughs> I could – I've been training. Yeah. All my life for that sport. Yeah, yeah. Um, what about you? Do you think that there's a sport that doesn't exist or currently does exist that you could, I don't know, get silver? I wonder. I wonder. So Winter Olympics, almost definitely not. I neither ski nor ice skate, and I would hurt myself badly doing hmm. either one of them. Nothing. Luge, maybe curling. Curling, maybe. That's like shuffleboard on ice. Yeah, so you push a disc like the softest you can, yeah. but then there's two dudes or females who sweep the ice yeah. super aggressively yes. so that the friction just keeps clearing and that disc just goes very slowly, but they're controlling the speed the whole time, and then it lands in some sort of target. Sorry, but you're saying that part of the sport is the sweeping, and that the sweeping is, determines where the thing goes? The sport is called curling, but it should be called sweeping. sweeping. <laughs> it is like a push broom, so not like a sweep where you're like... Right. Psh, but a push broom where you put it in front of you. Um, they do that very hard. And the disc just slowly moves. It's And, of course, the Canadians are the best at it. Obviously. And shout out to all of our Canadian listeners. Big time. Turns out there's a lot of you. Yeah, really? Yeah, just got the metrics for our show. And, like, we're basically a Canadian podcast. I, well, how about that? Exactly. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Uh, well, i love to know that. Yes, of course, the Canadians are excellent at curling. It involves subtlety and gentleness and precision. Correct. Yeah. Um, that's right. So maybe I could be... Now that I know that that's a thing in the Winter Olympics, I could definitely be an ice sweeper. Okay. I'm great with brooms. I love sweeping. Let's talk high dive real quick. Would you be? Okay. So it's scary enough. Yeah. As a person who doesn't really have a problem with heights. Right. You just jumped off a 55-foot cliff in Jamaica. I think it was 45. Sorry. Didn't mean to hyperbolize. No, no, no. A 45-foot cliff. But it's true. And I was swinging off ropes and doing backflips and all these things. Like, I don't have a problem with heights. Clearly. I mean, you get to a certain height and everything's a little scary. Naturally. But when you get up on top of the diving board, yeah. the movies would have you believe that the scariest point is when your feet reach the end and you look down and now I have to go through with yes. it. I would disagree. The scariest part of the high dive is climbing the slippery ladder. Fully agree. I was going to say the ascent. The slippery ladder is so stupid. Make <laughs> stairs. Look, you've committed so much architecture to the height of this thing. Make stairs. Why does it need to be so high up like that? Make stairs, you monkey. That is hysterical. Am I wrong? That shouldn't be the dangerous part of high diving. Shouldn't be the ascent up the, up the ladder. Slippery ladder. Slippery ass ladder. I don't like to over-adjective things because sometimes it just makes clunky sentences. Yes. That ladder is slippery from the other wet. <laughs> that is what it is. The sport should be slippery ladder it should just be fun to do a cannonball into the pool because you made it up the slippery ladder if you get up to the diving board safely you get a medal come on yeah that is tricky so i don't think i would ever high dive but okay you adam lustig are now on top of the high dive let's you don't have the skill set and you don't have the expectations to get perfect tens that's an understatement what is the jump that you do the pencil I'm going pencil. Pencil I'm going, is stock. I'm going pencil. You I'm wouldn't. Gonna, you wouldn't ca- cannonball. No way. I think that I would be too nervous to do anything that might I, that I could sort of mess up. I don't want to keep it super simple. I would try to impress the judges with how straight and narrow my pencil could be. Maybe even. And here's where I would put my own personal twist on Go it. Go at him. Make eye contact as I, with the judges as I dive down. That is intimate. Don't look straight ahead. Look at them to say thank you for this, and I'll di- maybe even say out loud thank you for this. As I go down. <laughs> so that would be my, like, that would be my adornment. I'm holding up a 10. <laughs> For those at home, I'm holding up a 10. That would be my dive. I would just be polite and gracious and do a straight pencil dive. If you are the broadcaster of that event, you would say, Adam Lustig is now on the high dive. And I heard that he has something special prepared for us today. He's calling it, thank you for this. There are no twists. There are no flips. Let's see what he means by, thank you for this. <laughs> 
Adam walks up, cocks his head aggressively to the right, body remaining straight forward, yes. doesn't jump, just slips off the front, no jump, says, thank you for this. Splash. Perfect 10. <laughs> he wins. Oh. Yeah. So I think that would be my quote unquote dive if I had to do a dive off the off Thank the you high. for that. Sure. Thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, I, I mean, I wonder. I mean, you look at some of those like shot put guys. I mean, you're the strongest man that I know, Bill. But some of those like those guys are um, how, apartment buildings unto themselves. Yeah, they're different. They have <laughs> they literally have super strength. They, literally, that, right? That's not hyperbole. Yeah, super strength <laughs> exists. They uh, have that. There's a new show on Nat Geo, the Discovery Channel called... American Tarzan. Great. Of course I watch it. Great. And they pit uh, – these people have to go over this like – they call it a um, – oh, what do they call it? Oh, like a jungle mile, mm-hmm. which is multiple miles. Mm-hmm. But it's over all these different terrains and they have carpenters and they have uh, endurance runners. Oh. And they have all these different people who have the skills and ex-Marines and ex-Army. Cool. And then they have a strongman. And they explain that superhuman strength actually exists. What? And while everyone is taking the path, he just decides, I'm way too big for this. I have to just plow through the jungle. And he just pushes trees down and around here, him. Man. And Come it's on. real. He has super strength. So, okay. Super strength. We're talking about like a glandular issue, basically. Just like these people's pituitary or like testosterone glands are just out of control. Yeah, I what think so. Super strength. But I think that, I think that that probably puts them in the driver's seat to be either obese yeah. or use that and channel it into super strength. Yeah. And he he eats a lot and lifts everything. Jesus. And that's a good motto. I don't really share any mottos. I don't really have too many life mottos yeah. where you know it's like when all else is chaotic. It's like right. what is your what do you believe? Even. We don't really have words to live by necessarily. I think I do, though. Oh. And it's pretty simple. And I would encourage everyone else to follow this as well. Mm-hmm. Be nice and eat everything. <laughs> That's is, great advice. Is that that, that hard? That is literally amazing advice. And I'd follow that to the letter. Be nice Eat everything. Sounds amazing. If you follow those two things... You'll be happy. I think you'll be happy. You'll make a lot of friends and you'll be fed. Yeah. You'll be fed. And this guy seemed to be nice. Is he nice? He seemed nice. Okay. But he ate everything. He ate it all. Yeah. And he pushed down the trees. Yeah. Michael Phelps also eats everything. Yeah. He infamously had a 12,000 calorie diet. Jesus God. 12,000 a day. Yeah. Those swimmers, I mean, the swimming is another thing that is like, that is one of the more fun sort of events to invest yourself in the Summer Olympics. I love those weird swimmers. Really? Uh, yeah, they at least, I don't know why, maybe it's just like, you know, hot, hot dudes, but they tend to become, I don't know. Sure. They tend to become the stars, I guess. I've never really tended to care about swimming. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it is about that event, but it never got me. It I did like isn't visually arresting. It's like all you see is like splashes and like vague bodies in the right. water. Like as a view as a TV it's not the most like T V sexy sport. Sure. And you know what sure. I you know what I think my problem was? And look I don't have any medals, so I don't really – I'm not qualified to be complaining about these superhumans. <laughs> I don't have any medals. But like Carl Lewis and Michael yep. Phelps both have like 26 Olympic medals That's or something crazy. like that. But they also did the sneak attack where there's like all these subdivisions of this one thing that you're great at. Right. You know, it's like Serena just won Wimbledon. And while you're at it, win doubles. Exactly. Just she like, like two went, for the price of one. Seriously. So you're, There's like the 400. There's a 400 relay. There's the two by 400 right. relay. Yeah. My strong men, whose one thing it is, is they can throw a rock. It's like if there was other 
other rocks that they could be throwing that could also be getting the medals, then they could also be up there with the swimmers. So now guys like Michael Phelps have this huge distinction of being the all-time medal holder, but it's because he gets all these sneaky subcategories. Can my big men throw small rocks sometimes too? I bet they'd throw those really fun and interestingly. Can they have sub-events? Exactly. Why doesn't the strongman have little strong events? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's. We should talk to the committee about this. Uh, that's a very good idea. Um, yeah, if you know anyone on the IOC, the International Olympic Committee, tweet at us. Yes. Let us know. Uh, we want smaller events so strongmen can win more medals. Yes. That's all. Simple request. If you guys know anyone at the IOC, at nojokepod at gmail. Connect us. .com. Please. And if you guys, any of you are Olympians... Let us know. Please, seriously. We want to race you. But definitely want to race you, if whether you, or not racing is your sport. Yes. If you are an Olympian or an Olympian in training and you are in the Southern California area, please email nojokepod at gmail.com. We want to lose to you in a race. A hundred percent. Yes. Be nice. Eat everything. That's our motto. And that's our podcast. I'm Billy Scafuri. I'm Adam Lustig. And that is the No Joke Podcast. That was a HeadGum Podcast.